There's a place of quiet comfort. I know there is joy beyond what I can see. When I am weak, I run to the Savior. I know he in all his love will lead me. the kids doing that. It's just one of the songs that our children, one of our daughters wrote some time ago. And um, Brooke is, whoa, we're there. But uh, uh, she's the one that the girls, she's over in Africa, and the girls always say she writes really beautiful songs, but she has to be going through a trial. So whenever we're getting ready to make a new CD, the other girls start praying that Brooke will go through a trial <laughs> so that they can get a good song out of her. So... I want you to go to John chapter 21. We're going to uh, change the direction of my message, and, and, uh, and the Lord just did this a few minutes ago, but I'm going to uh, do a different message today. But John chapter 21 is where we're going to look. Time's a little bit short, and so I'm even going to condense this message, and, and, uh, and I'm going to just be straight up with you. I'm going to read you some verses, and then I'm going to show you the key verse, the principal verse of it. 
Uh, and then the, primarily this is going to be an illustration uh, that, I, that I'll give to you. Uh, normally I would teach several points in this message, but I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm going to give you the main point of the message. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, part of this is uh, you know, for the Hanson family uh, this morning. And I believe God's kind of taking me that direction. But in John chapter 21, verse 3, it says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, that he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net full, a net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, for all there was there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto, unto them, Come and dine, and none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Father, I pray that you guide my mind. Lord Jesus, I pray that this would be an encouragement, a help, a blessing to, to many in this room. And Lord, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, Lord, I, you know that I, I worked uh, several hours on a, on a message and, and, and tried to get it ready and trying to get it prepared as, as I thought that this is what you wanted me to do. But Lord, you've redirected my mind. Now, Father, I pray that you give me clarity of mind, strength of body, and that Holy Spirit, that you would speak this morning. And Holy Spirit, of God, I yield myself to thee, please, that someone might be helped in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, this is a, a very important passage in the Scripture, and it has several uh, incredible teachings that you would see in it. Uh, and I'll just give you one before the, the main one, and the one that is very, very important, is, and that's the truth that you see here, is that when you leave the will of God, and, and sadly, we have a, a wonderful crowd in here this morning, and, and God has been blessing him, and the crowd has been getting larger and larger, and, and I'm thrilled about that. But here's the heartache. If I can mark down today's date, and I could take a picture of every, everybody here, uh, there would be some that would not be here a year from now, and it wouldn't be because they live out of town. It wouldn't be because they're traveling through town. It's simply because something has happened in their life, and they've they decide to leave the Lord. Now, here's the thing. You got to, mom and dads, please understand this. And, and people understand, everybody understand this. When you leave, you never leave alone. You always take somebody with you. And this is what happens with Peter. Peter got discouraged. Uh, Peter is, 
an exhorter of men. Peter is, is, is a great leader of men, and, and, but Peter was one who easily got discouraged also. And, uh, and that's why, you know, again, one of these days we're going to really be getting into studying the gifts of the Spirit because uh, in those gifts you have great strengths, but in those gifts you have some dangers and some weaknesses. And, and, and Peter easily got discouraged. And so uh, he got discouraged and he left the will of God. And when he did, he said, I'm going to go back to my old life. I'm going to go back to my business. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. And if you notice, six others went with him. They said, we also go with it. And so it's a real danger there. But as we look through this, this passage, and again, I'm not going to go to the, all the, the points and the teachings that are here, uh, you know, and I get, but I do want you to understand, uh, Peter was not saying, I'm just going to go out and go fishing. And boy, so good to see you back there. Good night. And, uh, uh, but I'm, not, I'm just not going to go fishing just to enjoy uh, you know, there's, there's some of us in here that like to go fishing. Amen? Anybody like that, like to go fishing? I like to go fishing. I like to catch something. I'm really not a fisherman. I'm a catcher. Uh, that means if I'm not catching, I'm going home. And some guys say, you know, man, a good day at the lake, if you don't catch anything, is better than a, you know, a bad day at work or whatever. I'm not, or a bad day at the lake, you know. What, I, I, I'm not that way. I get out there, and, and man, if there's nothing biting, I'm going to do something else. You know, if they're not biting, then I'm going to go bite. I'm going to go eat me something, you know, somewhere. And so, uh, but that's, that's the way I went, I went fishing out in, um, in, in Alaska, uh, believe it or not. And, uh, and I was out there in, no, oh, there was in Canada. I was in Canada and, and I was fishing and, and I finally fooled around, got me a little, little, we call them little brown, you know, a little, it wasn't a minnow, you know, but I finally got a little one and I was going to put it on there for live bait. I'm not sure it's legal, but I was going to put it on there, and I threw it out there, and that thing plap hit the water, and I was ready to catch me something big, and I did. A seagull came and took it. <laughs> he grabbed it and took off with it, and I thought, I was so frustrated. It took me an hour to catch that little thing, and he took off, and he was flying, and he was just, and I just let the reel go, and he just is like a kite. And I thought, this is incredible, you know, and then finally I just decided he don't know what's going to happen because he'd already swallowed it and everything, and I just said, you know, just set the hook, just, and I did, that old thing came right back out. But you won't believe it, before it hit the water, another seagull grabbed it. You say, what'd you do? For about the next hour, I just started casting for seagulls. It was fun, man. I'm just like throwing out there. They grab it, fly over there, and they grab it, you know. It was great. If somebody had been watching me, they'd say, what is that man doing, you know. But it was a lot of fun. But the, the, the real truth of this scripture, though, this passage, go to verse 9. Verse 9 is what's amazing here. Verse 9. It says, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Now, every time I ever read this passage of Scripture for years and years, in my mind, and I, I'm sad that we do this, but I would read it and I'd think, okay, uh, they're out there fishing and, and Jesus comes to the shore and he says, have you caught anything? And, and they say no. And he says, cast the net on the other side and they catch this great catch of fish and they bring it all in and they clean some of those fish and eat them. That's not what happens. You see, that's not what happens. They, they come to shore 
When Peter jumps in the water and he swims to shore and he gets there, when he arrives, Jesus doesn't need their fish. He's already got fish and bread on the grill. Amen? It's like, you know, if somebody ever made me ribs on the grill, Brother Carl. And so, and so, uh, you see, they were already on the grill. They were already made. And this is so amazing now. Now think about who we're talking about. We're talking about some boys, some fellas, that were backslidden and away from God. Do you understand? We're, we're not talking about they were in church and Jesus provided them. We're going to have, you know, Monday, uh, uh, Labor Day, we're going to have a, a picnic on the grounds and we're going to grill ribs. And so... Uh, we're going to grill out here, and we're going to do that and provide it. And that's all people coming to church. And, uh, but these are not. You know who they are? They're the people that said, I'm turning my back on God. I'm leaving God. I, yeah, I served him, but, but I'm done with that. I'm going back to my old way. Those were the ones Jesus started preparing for. You understand? Those were the ones he loved so much that he came and he called to him, and he said, you don't have anything? I'll take care of you. I'll provide what you need. He already had it on the grill. Now, this is amazing to me, how much God loves us. And how much, no matter how far we have strayed from him, he wants us back. No matter how far we've gone, he wants us back. I, uh, this, the illustration I give is that in 1996, in Christmas, we, we were traveling down here. We had always came from Indiana. We would come down here for Christmas with Joe Bess. Uh, uh, parents were, were just six miles from my parents and we would come spend Christmas and it was a great way to spend Christmas because I wouldn't have to buy my kids presents because they would and so, uh, and so we would get the money and get down here and, and we, we came down. In 1996 I, I drove in that, that Christmas and as I came in the door so excited at my mom and dad's house out in that little country house and I came in and and as came in, you know, of course, mom and dad are greeting all the, the grandkids, you know, because when once grandkids come, come come along, the parents care nothing. They don't care about you anymore. And so, uh, uh, so I go through about, you know, 15 minutes of them hugging and kissing all the grandkids and all this. And I'm like, you know, hey, you know, I'm here. And so uh, I walked over to my mom and I grabbed her real big and I hugged her up real tight and told her I loved her. But when I did, I felt... It was real strange, but I felt something. It was like a, like a fist right here that was pressing against me. And I pushed her back, and we're just country folks, but I just pushed her back from me, and I reached down, and I felt her, and I said, Mom, what in the world is that? And Mom would always smile real big, and she would just say, Oh, son, don't worry about that. It, it, it's a tumor, but it's, it's okay. And I thought, what do you mean it's It's okay. And so I, I, we went through Christmas, and, and, and she did this. Man, she would just stay in the kitchen just making everything you can make. And, I mean, those breakfasts, hot butter biscuits and gravy and all the stuff. And then she would make all these snacks, and, I would, and she'd always have a big old thing of, of nuts. And I'd sit on the fireplace hearth and crack nuts and throw all the shells in the fire. And, and uh, it, you know, just, and boy, it was just, you know, uh, several days of flannel shirts and blue jeans. Amen? 
And so uh, I, I'm just having a great time. And, and so uh, we took off and we, we left. But I couldn't get this off my mind, this tumor. And it just kept bothering me. Well, we're, we're back in Indiana in this end of February. And I went to my preacher and, and on a Saturday night. I met with him every other Saturday night. And I, met, I went to him and I said, uh, I, I need to ask you a question. I said, uh, a personal question. I said, I, I, my mom has this tumor. I mean, they tell me everything's okay. I call them every week. And every week they just say, oh, everything's fine, son. You need anything? Everything's good. And I said, but I just somehow, I, I, I feel like something's wrong. And so I went to him and, 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 uh, and he said, you ought to go. He said, Bob, you don't understand this. He said, but never go more than two months without seeing your mom. He said, I don't care if you have to drive all night, get down there, spend 15 minutes with her and come back. And so I said, man, I, I, unbelievable. So I, I took off and, and, uh, and I told my wife, we're going to go down. And so uh, that very next Friday, we, we're going to go, we're going to take off and go down. But we were, if you can understand, I was making about $13,000 a year, got six kids, and I got an old broken down van that has 200,000 miles on it, gets 10 miles a gallon, and we got no money. And so uh, Thursday night, I'm just like, we're going to go because he said go. So Thursday night, I'm, I'm there, and, and uh, I'm teaching college and the evening college, and Got no money to go the next day, but we're still going to go. And, and so uh, a boy walks up to me at the college, and he walks up as I'm walking out of evening college chapel. And he shakes my hand, and he said, Brother Hooker, we're praying for your mom, big old tall boy. And when he shook my hand, I turned away with tears in my eyes because he placed a $20 bill in my hand. I went home that night, and I told Joe Beth, I said, look what God did. And, and my wife, over a $20 bill, she looked at me, and she said, Rob, God never lets us down. Now, that's not enough money to get home on, but it was just... It was already God just showing us, watch this, that, that he knew we had a need and he already had it on the grill. And so we, I, I went to school the next day. We're gonna, I told Joe Beth, I said, get the kids out at noon and, and, and I'm going to be there at 1 because I'll, I'll teach my classes and go to chapel and get done. And I'll be there at 1. And, and I, I wanted them there at 1 so I could spend the next four hours telling them to get ready so we could leave by 5. <laughs> and so... Uh, so I was there, and, uh, and I was uh, coming down. Uh, for, after taught three classes. I'm coming to my, my, my office after uh, the class going to go to chapel. And, and so I, I was walking real fast trying to get to my office, and a boy yelled at me. He said, Brother Hooker. And I said, yeah. And he said, he, he had a check in his hand. He said, I want you to give $20 owed to the guy in your ministry. And so I said, sure. I said, but I won't be there this weekend, but I'll take it. I'll give it to him when I get back. And when I walked to my office, opened it up, and his check was made out to me for $50. And I looked at, I yelled back down the hallway. I said, hey, son, you said $20. What's this? He said, all the rest of it's for you. Well, he didn't know we were going. He didn't know what we were doing. He didn't know where, where I was going, but God did, and he had it already cooking. And so I, I, I had $50 to go to that, and that's about enough gas money to get down there back then. And so I, I thought, man, we're going to be able to get down there. And, and, and it was amazing. And, and I went to chapel, and I came back, and my door was locked, and I was going to grab my things real quick, and I unlocked the door. And there on the floor, inside my door, was a $10 bill laying on the floor. You say, was it yours? I don't know, but I grabbed it and run. Because <laughs> that's enough for a Taco Bell on the way home, Amen. And so I had $60. I went home and I, you know, I went down to the hallway and I was taking off down the hallway and I was walking out the, the back door and, and just about to get out of the college and those kids will stop you for everything. And, and I was trying to get out and, and all of a sudden I heard, hey, Bob. And I knew it wasn't a college kid you know, saying that to me. So I, I turned around as a guy I work with and he's all the way back, back down the hallway and I'm just about to the door and he says, come here. And I'm thinking, 
Anybody feel like, I mean, it's just as close for you to come to me as it is for me to go to you? <laughs> and he, he said, come here, and, I, you know, and I'm just frustrated, but i got to be a Christian. So I said, yeah, well, you need. <laughs> and so I went over there, and, and I stood beside him, and, and then he looked at me, and he said, I'm praying for your mom. I said, that's good. I said, because I'm trying to get out the door. I'm trying to get down there to see her this weekend. And he said, he's good, because I've been asking everybody in the classes to pray for her, and, and so... And so uh, I, I started to walk away. I took about three steps. He said, hey, Bob. And I said, what do you need? And I walked back, and he pulled out of his pocket a check. He signed the back of it and handed it to me. When I walked away from there, as I'm walking, I said, I'm not going to look at that. You know, i got to be spiritual. It's, you know, let me, you know I, I wait till I get outside. And so uh, and I looked at the check. It was a check for $250. Somebody had written to him, and he signed it over to me. And, man, I got home. I got over $300 to go to Tennessee on. I walked in the house. I figured Joe Beth to start dancing. I looked at her and I said, babe, look what God did. And she looked at me and she said, Rob, didn't even smile. She said, what's up? She said, because we don't need that much money to go to Tennessee. Why would God be giving us that much money? I looked at her and I said, I hate spiritual women. <laughs> and so... We took off, and, and we got down to Tennessee and got there about 3 o'clock in the morning. You say, why 3 o'clock in the morning? Because we didn't leave till 5. And so <laughs> spent four hours saying, come on, y'all, would you get ready? And so uh, we got there, and when we drove into the driveway, we got 3 o'clock in the morning. Front door was open. Light was on. And that was strange. You know I mean? They got, you know, our doors never locked, but, you know, to have the front door just open, storm door there and lights on. And as I walked up to the door, I looked through into the kitchen and, and there in the kitchen was where the table normally was, was a, was a recliner. And, and there was a woman sitting in that recliner. My mom was 60 years of age. She looked like she was 80. I didn't recognize her. I mean, I, I just looked through and I, I couldn't focus. And I started to cry and I stopped and, and I let my children go on in. And, and after I gained my composure, I walked in and I knelt down beside her, her recliner and I just... I knelt down beside her, and I just laid my head on her shoulder, and I said, Mama, she was looking away, and I said, Mama, are you okay? And she turned, and she just smiled. She said, I'm fine, son. I'm fine. Cancer, in just a short time, was going to take her life, and all I would, she would ever tell me on the phone is, I'm fine, son. Are you Okay. Well, we spent that night with her. The, the, the stayed up most of the night because I found out that my mom wouldn't sleep more than about 15 minutes at a time. And so I was there pretty much the whole night. About 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock, I don't remember. I said I, I just got to go lay down, and I went and laid down for a little bit. Only slept for about three hours. But I, about 11 o'clock in the morning, I came back in and, and uh Walk back in, and she's still there. And I found out she never moved from that recliner, except that my dad would pick her up and carry her. And so I walked back in, and I, I came to, to her. And as I walked into the room, it was about 11 o'clock. My dad said, son, we need to go get these kids some, some food for lunch. And he said, let's go get some pizza in a little town. You know, Cairo there was just about 10 miles away. And so I, uh, 
I said, okay, Dad, because my dad's type, you know, let's go. When he says let's go, it means right now. And so, I, I mean, I, I started putting my shoes on, and, and I jumped up, and I started to head toward the back door. And when he did, he, he walks over to the washing machine, starts looking through the washing machine. I said, Dad, what are you doing? And he says, son, I know I washed a $20 bill in my pocket. Well, again, it wouldn't mean anything to you except that I always know Dad's got money hidden in his wallet. So if he's looking for that $20 bill, that's all he's got. And that didn't make sense to me. I'll be honest with you, it just didn't make sense to me that, that, that he would be looking for this $20 bill. But I, I looked through it real quick, and I found it, and, 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 uh, and I stuck it in his pocket. And, and, we, and I called to Joe Beth. I said, you got to ride with me. So we took off, and she came with me, and, and we started to, uh, toward, the little, to, toward the town. And, and, uh, and, and I told her, I said, as we're riding, you got to find out from Dad, what's going on? I mean, why... Why would he be looking for a $20 bill? Why would, you know, what's going on with them? And, and so we went to the little pizza place, and I jumped out, and Dad grabbed that $20 bill, and I said, no, Dad, uh, they don't use wet $20 bills. And, 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 and the reason, and I know this means nothing to you, but every other time we ever came down here, we were totally broke. It would be a miracle for us to get the money to get, get back home. But somebody would always get us the money to get back home because it was cheaper than feeding us, right, Anna? And so, and so... Uh, we, would, we, we went there, and I jumped out, and I went and paid for it. And I was so thrilled because God knew what I was going to need before I needed it. Amen? And so I went in and I paid for it. I came back out, and Joe Beth said, we're going to go to the grocery store. And I said, what for? She's, you know, she gave me that look like, don't ask me no questions, just do what I say. And so I, uh, so I took off to the grocery store and got to the grocery store, and we got out, and Dad just stopped, stood there to talk to the cashier, and as he, he talked to everybody everywhere, and then, so he was standing there, and, and we started to uh, go through the store, and, and I got a basket, and Joe, I said, Joe Beth, what are we doing? And she said, Dad, huh? she said, Rob, your dad and mom, they're broke. They don't have anything. Your dad won't work. He, he, he just sits with your mom day and night, and so they have no income coming in, that just the, you know, the little bit of Social Security or whatever it is to... To, to get them by. She said, they're just broke. She said, there's no groceries in the house. And I said, man, I, you know, we, we went through and we just loaded up the basket with groceries because God had already put what I needed. Can you imagine love like that? That he knows what you need before you need it and he's got it prepared before you even know you need it. And so we went and got to the cashiers. My dad said, son, what in the world are you doing? I said, I said dad, those girls get hungry and, and uh, they eat a lot. And, uh, and so we took it all back home and we stocked their shelves. And I took a $100 bill out of the money. I had $150 left. I took a $100 bill and I hid it in a place where I knew my dad would look, you know. And, and you say, why would you know you look here? Because same reason you go to the refrigerator when, when you know it's empty, but you go about three times to keep looking. You just keep hoping something's going to grow in there, but it don't. And so, and so I knew he wouldn't, so I left that there because I knew he wouldn't take it from me, but I could leave it. And so we had $50. That $50 is going to get us back home the next, next day. And so we got up Sunday morning, and we've got to start back, and I, and I wanted to go to church. You know where I went to church? Calvary Baptist Church. I sat in the back, very back row, because I didn't want anybody to stop us. We got to get out the door and get back on. I don't know if you're going to remember any of this, but we sat at the very back, back row there. We're just visiting here and, and got my whole crew with me. And, and, uh, and, and, and I got $50, and y'all passed the offering plate. Stinking people. And, uh, 
And God just said, what you're going to do? I've been taking care of you. What you going to do? Well, I got a 10 and two, two 20s. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm giving you a 10. <laughs> and so I threw a $10 bill in the offering plate, and it went by, and, and I thought, okay, I got $40, and if I got some gas already, we might make it back home. And, and so I uh, got just about to the end of the service, and, and the preacher got up, and, and he said, oh, me, he said, I forgot. And he said, we're going to take up an offering for Tom Williams. He said, I meant to take up a special offering for Tom Williams, his wife real sick, and he said, we're going to take up a special offering. And I, and I, I thought, oh, my goodness. And the Lord just said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to leave right now. And, <laughs> and so the, the plate came by, and I took out a 20, and I threw in the, in the 20, $20 bill, and they brought it up here. And at that time, they'd bring it up here, and I, they set it right down here on the on the, the, the Lord's Supper table, set that, 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 that uh, plate down, and, and I, I jumped up. They said the final amen. I jumped up, started out the back door, and when I did, somebody I don't even know walked over to me and said, Brother Hooker, and I turned, and I, I said, yes, and they said, hey, I just want to meet you and shake your hand, and I said, yes, sir, and he shook my hand, and right there in my hand was a $20 bill. And I promise you, I stood at the back door, and I looked to the front, and I said, dear God, it bounced back. And I had $40 to go home on. We got to, uh, to Joe Best's mom and dad. We're going to say goodbye to them. And we went by there. And Casey was riding with us. She was going to ride with us. And you brought her over to, to there to, to ride with us to go back up, up, up to Indiana. And, and so I'm there in, in the driveway. And, and we got $40 to go home on. And, and I'm just getting ready to back out of the driveway. And, and you hollered and said, oh, wait a minute, Brother Hooker. I forgot to tell you this. And I said, what? And you had a white envelope in your pocket and you said, you said this white envelope was in the offering plate this morning with your name on it. And I said, well, what is it? He said, I just told you it's a white envelope with your name on it. <laughs> I didn't know him as well back then. Now I know it. <laughs> and so I opened it up and it was $50 in cash. We got $90 to go home on. Why? Because my God is cooking all we need. The next three and a half hours, we were driving and getting to Sykes in Missouri and, and all had been just total crying. I could barely even see because I'm crying because I felt I was probably the last time I'd see my mom alive. And, and, and Joe Beth spent the whole time just kind of patting me on the legs. saying, it's going to be okay, Rob. And my children are crying. I, I felt bad for Casey. She's riding with this whole van full of uh, family that just crying the whole time. And, and I, I pulled in and to, to go to church at, in Sykeson. And we were pulling back out of Sykeson. And I saw this restaurant there. And I said, you know what? I, we're going to go in here because this will be encouraging to us. The kids have never been here, and they will love it. And it's called Lambert's Cafe. Anybody been to Lambert's Cafe? It is home of the throw rolls. And I said, my kids don't even know what's about to happen. I unloaded them all in there, sat around a big table, sat down, and I said, girls, you need a roll. And my little daughter, Brooke, she said, no, Daddy, I don't want one. I said, yeah, baby, you want one. And she said, I don't. I said, yes, you do. Hey, son, he's over across the, 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 the restaurant. I said, my, my daughter wants a roll. He said, okay. He threw it at her. And when he did, man, my girls were going, I want a roll, I want a roll, I want a roll. Man, there comes. Choo, 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 choo. And now, man, we're laughing, we're having a good time. 
And I thought this is the perfect thing until I opened the menu and read that everybody comes in here has got to buy a plate. The cheapest plate on the menu was $7.95. I had nine people. Do you know what eight times nine is? I'd already bought everybody these, these you know, sweet tea and stuff and Cokes and then these, these fruit jars. About $1.30 a piece. Man, my $90 is gone. I don't even have enough money to pay a tip. I thought, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And I said, I got to do something. I did the same thing I always do when I'm in trouble. I said, Joe Beth, you got to do something about this. <laughs> and she called the little waitress over. She's about, she's about uh, 55 years old, maybe 56. And she, she walked over to my table. And, and I said, ma'am, I said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I got enough money to pay for this. I said, but if you could help us, I'm stupid. And I had no idea you had to do this. I said, would you mind if we just split some plates? And she said, oh, sir, we're not supposed to do that. And I said, please. <laughs> and she, she looked at me and she said, okay. Uh, she said, we'll split the plates. And I said, well, then bring four plates and, and, and you split between the eight of them. And I said, I'll live off, you know, because they'll come by and put down fried okra on a napkin, you know. I mean, I said, I'll, I'll just live off the fried okra, fried potatoes you put on the napkin, you know. And so, yeah. And so she put it on. And so she comes back. She comes walking back. She comes with five plates. Well, that's another $8. Do you understand? That's about eight gallons of gas back then. That's the difference of me getting home. And I said, ma'am, I didn't say, I didn't say five. I said four. And she took one of those plates and she walks over to my little six-year-old daughter, Tara, she sets it down in front of her and she said, Sir, this is on us. I thought, who's, who's cooking in that kitchen? When you go to a restaurant, they bring you a plate of food and they say, this is on us. I thought, now what in the world's going on? But I didn't think that very long because I thought that, that hamburger is way too big for her to eat. <laughs> so, so, man, I, they, I, I just couldn't believe it. And Joe Beth and I were talking about how incredible God had been. Do you understand of about the last 72 hours? God, he, he knew. We, look, if God cares about the old backslidden boys over here, do you understand? He probably cares about us. And if he'll cook up what they need and say, I've already got it on the grill for you, just come on home. I got all you need. Come on home. Don't you know he's got what we need right now? And I sat there and we, we ate and, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking... You know, we really need to be going, but, but here comes that waitress back, and she comes back with a big tray, and it had nine giant desserts on it. It had that, that, that big old thing of banana pudding. And she comes walking back. She comes to our table, and I'm thinking, those stinking girls have ordered. And I looked at her, and I said, ma'am, I didn't order that. And I said, these girls did. I said, I, listen, I, I'll kill them. And she took and she started setting them down in front of them. And she said, sir, this is on us. Now, I'm about to lose my mind. I'm just about to lose it. I stood up at the end of the table. and There's a whole room full of people. And, and, I, and she's at the other end. And I said, ma'am, I got to tell you, I don't care who hears it. I got to tell you, I just left my mama down of cancer. 
And I said, we came in here to be encouraged. I said, ma'am, you have been such a blessing and such an encouragement to us. A tear came in her eyes. She said, she said, sir, I understand. My mom died of cancer five years ago, and she just turned and walked away. Joe Beth and I are sitting there crying, and God is, do you understand? God is so good. He has what you need already ready, whatever it is. We're sitting there, and I told Joe Beth, I said, we got to go, and the ticket's laying on our Dang, and it was probably, I forget, it was probably you know, 50 or $60. And, and, uh, and that lady comes walking back. And when she comes walking, she's coming back with a big sack like this and that wide. And she came to a big paper sack and she came walking toward our table. And I said, man, what, what, what is it? And she opened it up and it was full of big old hot cinnamon rolls. And she said, those girls will get hungry on the way home. I said, those girls, nothing. And then she reached over and she grabbed my ticket. She stuck it in her apron. And she said, sir, my manager says you're not to pay. Do you think there's a God in heaven? Do you think he has what you need? And just like I saw with Mrs. Hansen and the Hansen family the last few days, A few months later, I stood and preached my mama's funeral. And I'll be honest with you, Ms. Hanson, I thought, just like you, Brian, I, I, I'm not going to get through preaching it. I can't do it. Because every time you start to think about even trying, you start crying. But you know what happened? My little girls got up to sing, the three oldest ones, and they were small then. I never should have asked them to do it, but it was mom's favorite song. I had written it some years ago, and here she was. They stood up. They didn't get through about three words, and they started to cry. And I had been crying so much that I thought, God, I'll never be able to speak. And when, I got, when that happened, God flooded me with grace because he doesn't just cook up finances. He cooks up what you need. And he flooded my soul with grace. And I stood up with my little girls and I wrapped my arms around them. And I said, girls, daddy, sing it with you. And we sang that song. And when they stepped away, God gave me grace and strength. And I preached and 14 people got saved. Because God has what you need right now. Brian, God has all you need right now. He always has. He always will. And he doesn't need what you go fishing for. He's already got it on the grill. He had fish and bread waiting for them. All they really needed, he already had prepared. And whatever your need is this morning, He's already got it. It's already ready. It's on the grill. Say, what do I got to do? Well, Peter just jumped in the water and came home. 
came to Jesus. Peter came home. He came to Jesus. And can I tell you, as a child of God, he loves you so much that even when you stray from him, he'll come to you, he'll call for you, and he's already got prepared the grace, the strength, the finance. He's got it for you. He's got the wisdom of the decisions that's got to be made. He's got it for you. Don't worry. You say, what do I do? Just come on home. Oh, but Jesus want me. I've messed up so bad. Oh, listen. Peter cussed and swore and said, I'm leaving. And he took other people with him. And Jesus said, I love you. And I've already got to come. You know what? Because I believe you're coming home. And when you come home, it's already ready. And can I tell you, 2,000 years ago, if you're not saved, Jesus cooked up all you needed. You don't have to bring your works. You don't have to bring your fish. You don't have to bring anything. You come to what he's already done. He did it already. What's your need? Brother Kenzie, if it's just a car that won't run, can I tell you? He's got the answer. Just trust him. Let's all stand.